Welcome to HopeNet Radio, connecting generations to save lives from destructive lifestyles and suicide. Suicide was definitely something that was on my mind a lot. I wanted the pain of life to just stop. My dad is kind of verbally abusive, and he's also a workaholic. When I was hanging around with a bad group, I got raped. I was angry with God for the longest time. A couple weeks ago, my cousin hung himself. I really need to get closer to God. I just slipped so far. It's HopeNet Radio. You can talk with a live spiritual coach anytime at HopeNet360.com. Now, here are the hosts of HopeNet Radio, Jeff and Dave. Hey, welcome to HopeNet Radio. I'm Jeff Stroman of HopeNet360. So glad that you have joined us here tonight on the show. DW, my partner in hope. How you doing, man? Good. Good to be with you and all of our listening guests and have the great panel with us again here to talk. Yes. And speaking of our panel, we have our panel of hope, Tara Kay, Jason of Silver Birch Ranch, Mike Ott, youth pastor at Graceway. Guys, welcome to the show. It's so good to see you guys again. Great to be here. Hey, what's up? Always good to be here. Yep. And Christmas is getting ever closer. Ditto. Yeah. And tonight is a special show. So if this is your first time listening, I want to welcome you to the show. And again, every single show that we have done over the past year and a couple odd weeks is at HopeNet360.com. You can also subscribe to the podcast on iTunes and TuneIn Radio. We'd love for you to be a part of our online community. We also have our tweet back going on right now, and this is your chance to get on and just connect with us during the show or during the week as you're listening on the podcast. Use the hashtag HNRTB. Or we made it easier for you. You can just go to HopeNet360.com slash tweetback. And there all you have to do is log in with your Twitter credentials, and it's just really easy to see the whole conversation and what people are saying online. So glad that you guys have joined us on the show. Tonight we have a special show for you. This is our Ask Me Anything show, and we figured, hey, why don't we give you guys, the listeners, the chance to give us some questions, some ideas, some topics to talk about, and we'll put them down. We'll see how they fit and answer some of your questions on the show. So tonight is the Ask Me Anything episode. We'd love for you to still submit your questions either using the hashtag HNRTB or you can use the email hope at hopenet360.com. Lots of ways to connect with us on this show. And again, it is a show where conversations save lives, and you guys are a big part of it. I think it's going to be a fun show. Guys, are you ready to go? Ready to go, man. Ready. Let's blast it off. All right. Well, we've, we've got a couple of really great questions to lead off with. And it's not really one of those light questions. This is a question that we got in recently from one of our listeners, and they write in, what stresses you out the most? You talking to me? Anybody. This question. Nothing. I'm Swedish. I'm Swedish, man. We don't have a stress level. <laughs> really? No, I'm kidding. Why wasn't I born a Swede? Well, that's what I ask every time I look at everybody. I'm, why not just Swedes? Actually, I think your nose flares sometimes. Oh, that's true. It does a little bit. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Thank you, Jason. That's that's Sorry, it, everyone can picture that because we're on radio. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I didn't mean to share that, but no. it's true. Yeah, you know what? I, I think what stresses me is reality sometimes because um, I love to live in a pretend world like most people. In other words, uh, there's so many things I cannot change. There's so many things I'm helpless at that sometimes I get stressed out. But but immediately as I do that, as I start seeing that, I realize the reason I'm stressed out is because I'm putting things in a wrong perspective again. Um, I'm not in charge of the universe, and I'm not in charge of the world. God is, and he actually loves me, and I can trust him. And that's where the old saying is, 
you know, he's older than I am and smarter than I am and loves me. I can trust him. But I, I really think that just the circumstances of life start to eclipse everything else. And, and me thinking I'm in charge of the world and have to straighten them all out, whether it's a husband, a father, or somebody's in charge of a ministry, um, God has taught me through the years that, you know, I, I can't do that. And the other thing later in the show, I want, I, when, when I take burdens on, when I take um, responsibilities that are too big for me, uh, I'm not made to carry them. I get crushed by them. Uh, when, in college, we used to lift weights. And, you know, you're not made to lift four gazillion pounds. I mean, you're not made to do that. So if you try, what's going to happen is even if you get it up a little bit, it's going to come down and crush you and you're going to die. So you, you can't do that. But it, God made us a certain way, too. He made us so that we could take on certain responsibilities. And one time I went through the Bible and I, and I took a line on a piece of paper and I put on one side my responsibilities and on the other side God's responsibilities. And it was really interesting because the most stressful thing to me in life is when I start taking on responsibilities that belong to God because I can't handle them, and he's told me I can't, and, and therefore I get in big trouble. So I think knowing what God says, knowing what is my responsibility and what isn't, is very important because if I take on things that don't belong to me, I'm going to be in trouble. Jason, what about you? Anything stress you out? I would say, thinking of a, of a practical way, one thing that really stresses me out is uh, my son when he gets sick. Just because it, it's totally out of my hands at that point. And this happened a couple of weeks ago, actually. Um, he, he got a cold, you know, and he's 14 months old. And so he can't quite communicate yet. And so when life is just a struggle for him and he doesn't feel good, there's no way for him to communicate that. And so he cries. And so then you try to decipher and, you know, determine, all right, what do we need to do? And with a cold, you know, there's really nothing you can do with a cold. Um, even as adults, you just take things to mask the symptoms of a cold. Um, and you just got to kind of let it, let it run its course. Well, when they're 14 months old, there's only so much you can do in terms of what you can give them. And so thinking of that, it's just like, all right, I can only do so much. Mm -hmm. And in the process, there came a point, it was one night where he was just crying. He, he couldn't fall asleep. You could tell that he was just frustrated. He had congestion, all this stuff. And we had done everything that we could as parents to try to comfort him and do that. I'm like, all right, God, I'm like, I'm not supposed to carry this. I'm like, you're the one who created him. You're the one who knit him together before he was even born. You are the one that could heal him. And I need to trust in that. And all of a sudden, it wasn't as stressful because I knew that he was in God's hands. And I, I knew that all along. But Did it, it change the circumstance? Was his nose clear? At no, not at all. Yeah, see, that, yeah. that's the cool part right there. You know, and, yeah. and that's just what you're talking about, Dave, is yeah. that it's just the perspective on things sometimes. And, you know. Did you feel like you had to cure him or you fail? I, As a there, dad, there's almost that sense of expectation. Yeah, see, that's you know. the that's the stress part right there. You right. you put yourself in that position. And we all do. Yeah. It's like I am the dad. I need to solve this problem. Right. And God's looking at you, going, "You're not going to." Yep. You, you got to accept that. You know, and and once you come to the realization, it, not that it instantly solved the problem, but in terms of dealing with it, right, it made it that much more easy. Hmm. What are some things that stress you out? Uh, I think finances, they stress me out a lot. And I agree with what Dave was saying. Like I had a situation that happened the other day too, that it was just something small, but it was something small, but it was part of a, a greater problem that had kind of been stressing me out for a long time. And the idea of trying to come up with, okay, what am I going to do to solve this problem? And 
I'd kind of let it go for a while, but then something came up the other day and I just brought it all back and it brought all that stress back again. So it's a process because it seems like, okay, well, I gave that over to God. Oh, well, here it shows up again today. And I had a terrible day. It was just because of this problem. And I just thought, this is so overwhelming. I have no idea how I'm going to figure this out. I still don't. I didn't before and I still don't now. (laughs) And I just had an awful day. And so I just started talking to a friend of mine and who brought me back to that. Pretty much what Dave said was just that realization and reminding me, you know what, I can't solve that problem. And if I keep trying to figure it out, it's going to just make me more and more stressed. Mm. I went on my lunch break and I came back and I knew that that's exactly what I had to do. And so the afternoon went much better because I let it go. Can I ask you a question? Yeah. What does it mean to give it to God? I mean, when, when you said, you know, I gave it to God, what does that mean? Well, I just, I realized that I couldn't solve the problem. So as much as I, and that stressing stressing out wasn't going to solve the problem either. Right. And that I knew that I had to just take my hands off of it and try to, uh, and to stop, try to figure out a way that I could solve it. It reminds me of watching like a football game. People can get really stressed out over it, but guess what? That stress isn't going to do a squat. Jay Cutler yeah. causes stress. It, 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 yeah, he does. That's not going to do squat. I mean, really, when you think about it, you can stress out all you want. It's not going to change the outcome of the game. So you you kind of stressed out over something you have absolutely no control over, and later you'll pay for it, and you'll look back and say, "What? Are the, you know, it doesn't matter. I like I like uh, taping them or whatever you call it now, uh, recording them, looking at them later and knowing the outcome. Yeah. See, I know the outcome of life. So I can sit and not be stressed about stuff because I know the outcome. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I know we win. I know God's going to see it, it's it's kind of like that. But stressing out over a game doesn't work. Or it's like reading a book, like reading the last chapter first, find out what happens. It's like a mystery or something. Oh, uh, yeah. Oh, Mike, that. anything that stresses you out? Yeah. Anything that's out of my control. Uh. That could be anything. <laughs> and uh, I think, you know, a lot of teenagers deal with this. I was looking at Philippians 4, 6 and 7. It says, do not be anxious about anything, but in everything, by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. And so many times in my life, I have to give it over to God and say, man, I am small. You are big. Help me out. I'm stressed out and I don't have no control. All right, jump on the tweet back right now. Use the hashtag HNRTB on Twitter, and we'll take your questions here on the Ask Me Anything episode of HopeNet Radio. We'll be back with more on HopeNet Radio. Are you hurting, stressed out, need somebody to talk to? Chat with a live spiritual coach anytime at HopeNet360.com. This is HopeNet Radio. Feel free to email the show, hope at hopenet360.com. Now, back to Jeff and Dave. Hey, welcome back to the show, the Ask Me Anything episode of HopeNet Radio, at least one of them. Glad that you've joined us here on the show tonight. Jeff, DW, Tara K, Jason, and Mike Ott. Glad you guys are a part of the show. We got it. We touched on a really great question about being stressed out. I think every one of us are, gets stressed out at some point in our life, and Mike, I, I laughed when you said that you get stressed out about things out, out of your control because, again, you're this you're a guy that just you think about it. And in reality, we get stressed out about stuff that is not in our control. If it was in our control and we had something to say about it, we probably wouldn't be stressed, right? I mean, that's just the reality of it. So got another really good question in. This one's a little bit deeper. I don't know if you can get much deeper than that, but this one's from a good friend, Brooke. And she writes in, how do I know what my calling is from God? 
Wow, that's a that's a deep question. I think a lot of young people today, even myself, I went through that time of how do I know what my calling is from God? What does that even mean? I mean, when you hear about this question, guys, what do you what are your first thoughts when you hear this this idea of your calling from God? What does that mean? You know, the the first thing I think of is God made you in a very particular way, a very specific way that will fit and Christians are called to be a part of the body. It'll fit a part of the body. I think I've heard this question like a gazillion times, if that's a a number. And one of the the interesting things is I will always back up and talk to him about what would you do in life? I mean, if if money really wasn't an issue, if if you were taking care of the rest of your life, uh, what would you do just for nothing in life? I mean, what what would you do if if I came to you and said, you know, I will provide for you the rest of your life, all your needs? So you have to choose something to do. And, and if you say, I'm going to sit on a beach in Hawaii the rest of my life, then that's not the right answer. So I can't help you there. But, but there's something inside of everybody, I think, that God planted there that's unique. For example, the last, I've been here 47 years, but the last 33 years of my life, I've been able to work at Silver Birch Ranch. And I keep thinking, I haven't started to work yet. I'm enjoying what I do. I love getting up every morning and doing what I'm doing. It's like God made me for this. Uh, I was talking to my daughter once, and she was, uh, uh, my older daughter just ran a, a, a Wolfman marathon up here or whatever they do. And when she, she was done, she looked at me as soon as she finished, and she said, I was made for this. And I thought, good for you. I'm never going to run this thing. You know, <laughs> but the, the bottom line really is I, I think that we have to take a step back sometimes and, and really ask some tough questions. What we've been distorted or distracted into doing is thinking that we have to make money, that that's the most important thing, or that we have to have certain other qualities. I I tell you, the most important thing is to find how you're wired by God and to get into that area and know that the general rules apply. In other words, in that area, I get to love God and show people who he is, and I get to make people successful. And then every day, you will go and enjoy work. I, I have too many guys my age talking to me right now saying, I can't wait to retire and stop what I'm doing. And I'm thinking, I hope what I'm doing never stops. You know, it's a whole different ballgame when you find where you belong. Yeah, Mike, when, what do you think of when you hear about, you know, this idea of being called? I would assume that as a youth pastor, you probably have faced this question. How have you come to understand your calling from God? I think that was a hard one for me when I was a teenager to understand it. And I still completely do not understand what God's will for my entire life is. I know what my calling is now. And I look back, you know, and wonder that. But I have teenagers all the time that ask me this question. And I always tell them, get into God's word and he will reveal it to you. And uh, I was trying to remember, I normally use Romans 12, 1 and 2. It says, therefore, I urge you, brothers and sisters, in the view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true and proper worship. Do not be conformed to the patterns of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. And then this last phrase, then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good and pleasing and perfect will. And for us, there's a lot of stuff that we could dissect down into that verse that, you know, this living sacrifice, that sounds like an oxymoron to me. What's, you know, you're walking around, but you're dead uh, to understanding what is holy and pleasing and how we can glorify God. And as you work with your relationship with God and you grow closer to him, 
he starts revealing how what Dave was saying. I use the word wire. God's wired us differently. And he's going to reveal to you some things that he's wired you to do in this lifetime. Uh, he, if he wired everybody to look like me, this would be the most boring world in the you know, in the universe, I guess you could say, because everybody would walk around like me, but God has wired <laughs> us each differently with a specific will, and he will reveal that to you as long as you spend time with him. Yeah. Tara, do you think that God has called everyone? Yes. <laughs> yeah, because he created, I mean, if we're saying God has wired everyone in a certain way and he created us, he didn't just create us without a purpose, without a reason. So absolutely, everyone is called to do something specific. And it might even be for different... Sometimes we think of we think of it in terms of the call or your call, but I like what Mike said about how it's... Sometimes there are different seasons in our life have a different calling as well. So it's not always just one specific thing, but it might be different things for a time. And you never know what it's always a process with God. It's always a process. So you never know what one season might be setting you up for in the future and what you might need to learn before God can bring you into that. Yeah. And we're going to discuss this more in, I think in next week's show, we're going to talk about gifts. We might spend a couple of weeks on this, but when we talk about God wiring us a certain way, this has to do with how he's equipped us to do what he's called us to do. I mean, there, we may look at it as a ministry calling or whatever. I think it's, it's deeper than that. God has called us his own. He has paid a, a high price for us to be his children. So as soon as we come into God's family, realize, you know, what God has done for us and we surrender ourselves and we confess Jesus as our Lord and savior, we're now called his own. I mean, so when we're talking about a, a basic calling, we are called his own children. I, I would have to agree too. I like what Dave said too. What would you spend your time doing if you didn't have to worry about being paid for it? Or if you had all the time and all the resources at your disposal to do it, what would you spend your time doing? And it's not to sit on a beach because eventually sitting on a beach is going to get boring. You're going to look for something to do Instead of just be, you know, a lobster on the beach, you know, roasting in the sun. Uh, it, it's, it's much deeper than that. You have a desire. You have a passion in your heart. And as you're listening tonight, you may know what it is. You may not know what it is. And it's okay if you don't know what it is. It's really more of the journey. I found in my own life, there are times where I've wondered, you know, God, did you actually call me to this? You know, am I supposed to be doing this like as, I, as if I'm, you know, I'm called to my job? No, I'm not really called to my job. I'm just called to do something greater. My job is just my capacity and my ability to use some of those gifts to bring glory to him. But my context will change. So our jobs, our careers, that's a context kind of a thing. But it's, it's really important to look at what would you spend your time doing? And, and with that, then you kind of look at, well, how am I structuring my life now? Am I actually spending time developing those gifts? Am I spending time in those areas doing what I would love to be doing in some capacity? Personally, okay, here's one thing I love to do. I enjoy playing drums on my worship team, but I'm not a drummer in a band. And some of you are probably like, well, what's wrong with you? You know, you enjoy doing that. Why don't you do that? Well, that's not really where I'm called to do. I have a lot of different gifts and different abilities, but... I also love branding different organizations, helping them be creative in how they market themselves. Well, I don't know. Is that a is that a calling from God? I don't know. Those are just skills and whatever. That's a context thing, right? So this show, I mean, this show is cool, but it's just a context thing. So what would you spend your time doing? And I guess for me, I would love to just spend time 
sharing, you know, other people's stories as people are talking, we're having conversations and sharing about what God's done in their life. I'd love to talk to somebody about faith and what's what God's plan is really for them, help them discover more of their gifts rather than figure out, you know, if God has called you. Dave, before we go to break, I want to hear some of your thoughts on that. You know what? I I would encourage people to ask this question. What am I responsible for? I mean, Jeff, what are you responsible for, Tara or or Jason? What are you responsible for? If I am responsible to figure out, you know, how to make money and that kind of thing, then that's what I focus on. But what if I'm not responsible for that, but I'm responsible for something else? And and the money part and all that is, is something that just comes along with it. And I think we have to go back to the question, what am I really and truly responsible for and start focusing on that? And I know we're going to another segment, so I don't know if we're going to pick that up or not, but I would encourage our listeners to play with that one. Oh, it's a good thought. If we didn't answer your question, you can always jump on the tweet back right now. Use the hashtag HNRTV. Ask us to explain something a little bit further. You can also email us anytime at hope at hopenet360.com. We'll take a break here. We'll be back with more on HopeNet Radio. We're connecting parents with their teens in real conversations that save lives. HopeNet Radio on Q90FM. This is HopeNet Radio. Connect with us on Facebook and Twitter. Hashtag HNR. Now, back to Jeff and Dave. Hey, welcome back to HopeNet Radio. Guys, that was a, an exciting question. I, I always enjoy your questions that you guys email in and message in. This is our Ask Me Anything episode. So if you have a question you'd like us to cover on this show or an upcoming episode, you can always email us at hope at hopenet360.com or jump on the tweet back. We're live on the tweet back on Twitter. Use the hashtag HNRTB or go to hopenet360.com slash tweet back. So, guys, that was uh, a big question. You know, what is God's will for us? And this isn't just one of those... I think where you can just leave it and, and go away. I mean, you have to unpack that. I mean, everybody's asking that same question and not just people in America. I mean, God's calling. If, if Christianity is really real and really true, it's not just for one group of people. And, and that being even for Israel, when you start and look at God's story, where you started out with this group of people, Israel, God's calling was specifically for them. And now today we've got this, you know, when, you, when we talk about God's calling, if we are going to unpack that a little bit more, it's got to be beyond an American mindset. I think we get stuck in this Western way of thinking, this almost entrepreneurial, like we need to do something that's never been done before. If I'm going to be, if, if God's going to call me, he's going to call me to do something that's never been done before. But I don't think that's necessarily the way that God operates. I think it's actually a little bit simpler than that. Yeah, is it a sin to be poor? No. So I can make a decision. That's not based on really having a lot of money. I can actually make a decision to do something where I would be poor, and that wouldn't be evil, would it? Well, no, because that's a relative thing. You know, again, the richest person in Africa would maybe still be below poverty level in America, right? Right. But that's what I'm saying. Look at the mind frame sometimes. We we think, well, I need to be responsible, and that's how we ended the last segment, for providing for myself and making sure I have a certain lifestyle. What if, what if that's not what we're responsible for? What if we're really responsible for loving God, loving people, and then letting God in that context lead us wherever, and we can take jobs doing things that we might consider menial or jobs that don't pay us well because we're right where we belong. I mean, the job I'm in has always been a nonprofit job. It's never paid a tremendous amount, and I am thoroughly enjoying life. So mm-hmm. could I be doing something else that would be, quote, more responsible by making more money and whatever? I, I guess so. But but that doesn't occur to me because of this is where I really see that I belong. 
And it's not the money issue that I have to be responsible. I have to be responsible with the money I get from it, no matter how much that is. But I'm not responsible necessarily for the amount of money. I'm responsible for loving God and, um, and loving others. And what's cool about that is that's something I can actually do. I mean, it's, it, I can't control a lot of the other things, but I can do that. Very true. Guys, kind of along the same lines, we got another question in, kind of about decision-making in some ways. This young person writes in, you guys are all married. Well, Tara, I know that's coming for you. So maybe we can kind of frame it a little bit uh, in a different way. If you had to change one thing about your proposal or your wedding, so for us guys, uh, what would you do differently? And maybe, Terry, you can talk about your ultimate idea of a wedding. What are your thoughts? What would you change about either the proposal, uh, if you proposed, and or your wedding? What would you do differently? Nothing. Yeah, I mean, I don't, <laughs> Sorry. Think, I, I don't think I would change anything. Um, I mean, mine was kind of dramatic to begin with. Um, I proposed to my now wife when she came over to visit me in Ireland. Um, so it was kind of a dramatic story. Um, but I think it, it worked out just the way that I wanted it to. And so I don't think I would change anything because the opportunity that I had was, was a fun opportunity to be in with. And I think that part of that experience was, you know, I wouldn't take that back for the, you know, for anything and same with my wedding, you know, I wouldn't take anything back because it was, it was perfect. You know, the people that, you know, cared about us were there. Um, and and really that's all that mattered to me, to us, you know, as we just, I mean, there's always things that go wrong or things that, that, you know, don't go as planned. But in, in hindsight, it's really just about the, the people that care about you that you want there. You know? Sure. Jason, you're, you're like a hopeless romantic, aren't you? Uh, I don't know about hopeless. I'm just a romantic. <laughs> <laughs> well, you're not Swedish I a, then. I no. have a, gen, a general, maybe Dave would know the answer to this question. How did marriage proposals like kind of become more emphasis on like the creative or it being kind of a big production thing because wasn't it just like back in the day it was like okay here's your dowry and yep you know it wasn't a big i think too deal. many too many women were probably saying no so they had, we had to put more pressure on them <laughs> yeah we had to do it in public no you know what my my proposal is very simple it, it was there wasn't anything fancy about it um pretty much we're going to get married aren't we yep okay let's plan it kind of thing Maybe that's just uh, a Swedish thing. I know. I don't know. I, but and years ago, years ago, though, it, you know, we also didn't have what we like to do on Facebook and stuff now where they have to define their relationship all the time. A DTR. I, yeah, we didn't do that. We really didn't do a lot of that. So it was like if, if I'm dating my now wife, if I'm dating her and I'm not dating other people, then I guess we're kind of exclusive at that point. And at some point we say, you know what, we're, we're committing to each other, so let's get married. I mean, I, I, it wasn't quite... You might go on one knee and say, "Will you marry me somewhere?" You know, I don't, I don't know, but you it's didn't not. Give her a pin or anything? No, in fact, I couldn't even afford the wedding ring because <laughs> I didn't have any money, so she bought it. Didn't and back then, in the day you go steady? Yeah, yeah. you did, and you, then you, you gave d- her a pin you, or a or a school <laughs> ring or something, or but the jacket or something. Actually, that was before me. Huh. That was before my time. <laughs> oh, okay, and and oh, wow. during my time was like the ultimate boring time and and that kind of stuff. We didn't do that. Uh, very much. Okay. So it was really, you know, we were going out and yes, one day we knew we were going to get married. So we started planning it. And and now today, I mean, the constant defining the relationship thing, it drives me crazy as an old guy. It's like, no kidding. You don't know where you're at. I mean, are you seeing this person or not? Are you enjoying it? I, when I think of weddings and I think of, you know, what is the goal here? The, the goal is to honor God and say in front of friends who will hold us accountable, we are committing to each other for the rest of our lives. 
We're going to do that. We want you to hold us to that. Um, mm-hmm. If I could do anything about weddings today, and, and don't listen to me because I'm an old guy, but I, I would just simplify them. I, I would take them, quit making them $30,000. I, I would go and, and have what they used to do at a church, have like a, a small reception afterwards and let the bride and groom go and give them the money to, to get a down payment on a house or something instead. I, I mean, I'm, I'm just thinking more practically as somebody older. I think we've turned it into a huge animal that's such a party that people are going into debt like college and stuff, and it's, it's hurting them down the road when really it, it needs to maybe get simplified a little bit. Commitment is really to God and to each other, and you want to have people witness that. And that's really what it's about, and then encourage you and let you get on your way. I know it sounds like an old man answer, but... Yeah, I don't know if we have time for another question, but there are a lot that are kind of related to it, so we've kind of lumped them together. But uh, real quick, you guys, most uncomfortable decision that you've had to make in your life? To fire somebody. Mm-hmm. No details. That's just the most yep. uncomfortable no matter what, because you feel like you failed everybody, yourself and them. Yeah. Mm. I think for me, it was uh, leaving a ministry that you invested a lot of time into and you loved on kids. And for whatever reason it might be, you were being taken out of that picture and then having to look them in the eyes and say, hey, God's moving me in this direction, but I still love and care for you. Yeah. And it's hard because, you know, that's that's broken trust there. And I've always done a good job of going back and contacting those youth groups. But it's the hardest thing to look in teenagers' eyes and say, hey, I'm not going to be with you down the road. So I think that's been one of the hardest ones in the past. Mm-hmm. Oh, my goodness. There have been probably maybe two that stick out and they kind of related to each other. But they both have to do with just letting go of what was comfortable and stepping into something that was new but uncomfortable and they happened. I was I'd been dating somebody for a while, and it just seemed like this was a natural progression that we get married. But I just felt like if I did, my life would be very, it'd be maybe white picket fence ish, or just you know very ordinary. And I wanted to travel and do ministry and do different things. And so, it really, came down to I knew that I would probably be giving that that desire up. Mm. And at the same time, then so I had to let that person go for my life. And then I also at the same time had to let a job go that I didn't really love, but it provided I had a good wage. I had benefits, but God had placed a desire in me to um, minister to women and what I do now. So I had to just let that go and trust that, um, you know, going to a place where I had to raise my own support and I didn't mm-hmm. have benefits and I had moved to a Las Vegas where I didn't knew one family and that was it. <laughs> <laughs> so that yeah. was um, a very scary, but it was exciting at the same time. Yeah. I'd have to say too, kind of along where, where Mike is at just transitioning in life, transitioning into new seasons uh, sometimes is uncomfortable. It brings decisions that you don't really want to make, but you know are necessary just so that you can say yes to the important things. And so stepping away from ministry for me and in a local church was difficult. Uh, I think of transitioning even when uh, I was kind of trying to figure out what I was going to do for college and career stuff. There were some uncomfortable decisions I had to make too, because in one way I liked what I was doing, but in another way it was just not where I was supposed to be. So uh, life is full of those. And so, you know, as we go through the show, as we go through life together, uh, you're going to face uncomfortable decisions, but we're going to talk more about some of these questions on the Ask Me Anything show here of HopeNet Radio. Remember to jump on the tweet back. Use the hashtag HNRTB. We'll be back with the second half of HopeNet Radio. 
Feel like nobody cares? We do. HopeNet360.com has an online crisis chat line powered by Groundwire. A live coach is available to talk right now at HopeNet360.com. It's HopeNet Radio. You can talk with a live spiritual coach anytime at HopeNet360.com. Now, here are the hosts of HopeNet Radio, Jeff and Dave. Welcome to the second half of HopeNet Radio tonight, the show where conversations save lives. It's Ask Me Anything Night, so you can jump on the tweet back on Twitter. Use the hashtag HNRTV. Give us a question that you'd like us to respond to tonight here on the show. You can also email in hope at hopenet360.com. So, Jeff, DW, Tara K, Jason, Mike here on the show. And, guys, this this has been a great conversation. I don't know how we're going to get through all of these questions tonight. We may have to do another show on this pretty soon. But, we, you know, we were talking about some of the things that we kind of go through in life that make us uncomfortable. We're faced with uncomfortable decisions. And whether you're in a business situation where you get to hire and fire and make decisions that not only impact you but impact other people's lives, those can be uncomfortable. And um, So it kind of leads into this next question, uh, talking about decision-making. I've been intrigued as well of how we make right decisions because I think at the end of the day, everybody desires to make right decisions. And when we don't, we're really disappointed with ourselves. How do you guys know what decision to make at the right time? I mean, how do you how do you figure out what the right decision is? Well, that's not a loaded question or anything. Um, no, I know. I know. You know, I, I don't know that I ever know, honestly, because I think I have to I always have to go back to the basics. Does this really demonstrate who God is? Can I show who he is? And is this best for the people I'm involved with? And that doesn't mean it's an easy route, but but there is a, an answer there. I, I've told this story before about lipstick on carpet, and, and that's kind of how I end a lot of conversations with God, where, uh, for those that didn't hear it, where, you know, let's say there's two little girls, and Mother's Day is coming, and the two little girls, four and five years old, get up at two in the morning and, and start making something for mom, and they just wreck the kitchen totally in the process, and hot chocolate to works, and then they go through the living room with this tray and and they'd been um, playing with lipstick and they thought oh man we got this beautiful white carpet in the living room so they put a big lipstick heart there that said we love you mommy on it and and then they went up the stairs and hot chocolate's flying everywhere and they wake mommy up about three in the morning and and just scream we love you mommy and hand her this hot chocolate and all this and and then and mommy's just being very patient and they say come here come here come here and they bring her out to the stairway and she looks down and she sees on this white carpet this big heart it says, we love you, Mommy, and two little girls full of lipstick and chocolate and looking at her with this, did we do good or what attitude? And <laughs> I think I do that to God a lot. I call it lipstick on carpet. I, and, and what a good mom would do in that situation is is give those girls a hug and teach them later to be appropriate. But I think at that moment, that's the decision a, a four- and five-year-old made to try and show love to their mom. And I think I, that that's the key question for me. And, and I might say, God, let me put it through these filters. Did I do this because I love you and want to show you? Did I do it for their sake? And then I might end saying, God, if this is lipstick on carpet, would you please make it work out anyway? And, and, and so I'm not sure that I always make the right decision, but I, but I can be sure that the things that I should be sure of, I can do. I don't know, Jason, if that makes sense or not. Yeah, it makes total sense. And looking at my life, there came a point when I was finishing up college and I had this opportunity to go to Northern Ireland. 
And so it was really trying to decide, all right, God, you know, I, I have something going on here in the States. I'm part of a ministry. I'm helping out and investing in the high schoolers. Or, or I can go to a different country and do something similar, you know. So there wasn't like a black or white thing, you know, sort of thing. And it really comes down to that sort of dialogue. I mean, I use different terminology in my head. Right. You know, I don't do the lipstick on carpet thing. But something similar, it's like, all right, God, you know, you provided here opportunities. Not necess- I mean, one of them isn't necessarily wrong. You know, they're both good things. So what do I do? And it's really just looking to God's word, you know, what are, what are my responsibilities? Kind of going to what, what we right. talked about before, you know, and, and going off of that. And one of the things that I do, too, is that I go to the, the mentors in my life, the godly people that I know are doing the same thing. And I, and I look to them even for input into my life because I know all right, they're plugging in the word. They're tracking with God. Does this make sense to them, too, to kind of reaffirm, mm-hmm. all right, God, is this just my heart? You know, because the Bible talks about how the heart could be deceitful, you know. Just because really wicked. Yeah, exactly. And so I just wanted to make sure that this wasn't just me being selfish saying, man, it would be sweet to be in Ireland, you know, which it would be. Mm -hmm. Um, But for me, and so I went to those people in my life that I knew, you know, were plugging along that were that were wiser and older and that sort of thing. And and they confirmed it. And so that was one way that I was able to then see, all right, God, I'm going to take the step of faith. Yeah. And 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 want to be used by you, and and that's a bigger example of it. But I think we can put and, that in action. When anyway. you pray that way too, Jason, I mean, I think people take God's name in vain yeah. by saying God told me to do this. Right. And I think, how did He tell you that? That's not in the Bible. Right. You know, we need to be very careful when we do that. I think it's easier to say, I really feel like the circumstance set up and God led and that kind of thing, and and so I'm doing this. But it, it could be lipstick on carpet, but I'm still doing it. Right. Uh, sometimes we just want to throw more authority in there when really. At my age, I've learned I don't do that. I, I can look mm-hmm. and see backwards sometimes that maybe this was really of God mm-hmm. in this way, in this manner. But I don't know that I always know when I'm in the middle of it. But I do always know it needs to be about God, yeah. other people, and I need to be humble and, and be asking God for guiding. And, and then I just move boldly ahead and, and know that God will take care of it. Yep. Yeah, that's really true. I think it's important to realize if you're a frustrated perfectionist like I am a lot of times when you're just agonizing over a decision, not making a decision is still a decision. And for you guys who are frustrated perfectionists, you understand what I'm saying, that you can't just not make a decision and think that that's going to solve it you know, or just put it off. I mean, sometimes the best thing you can do is make a decision and stick to it, especially in leadership. You're going to come across situations. You're going to have things that are going on that they need a decision to happen and what right or wrong, good or bad, you know, you have to weigh out, you know, if the decision was a good decision, only history is going to tell that. And you're going to see the effects of those decisions later on in life. A lot of our lives are based on the decisions that we've made in our own life, the choices that we've made. So you're going to make a decision either way. You might as well make it and try to make it with the best of the ability and, and make sure it's not centered around you. I think if we're just centered around us and what meets our needs, uh, it's a selfish thing. It's going to skew our decision and, and it might even, it probably will lead to a bad decision, to be honest. So I would just surround yourself again with good people, surround yourself uh, again, understanding the word of God. I don't mean to be cliche, but it's really important to have a, a basis of faith. Otherwise, you're going to make a decision based on your truth. Whatever you identify as true, that's how you're going to base your decisions on. And the way we operate without the Spirit of God within us is selfishly. So I, I just want to encourage you with those things to center yourself around the Word of God. You're going to know then what God's will is for you, just like Mike was talking about there. Uh, next question is kind of along the same lines, maybe a little bit different, but uh, not only the the hardest decision you had to make, but uh, the greatest achievements you've made, whether it's in your life or maybe in your workplace, 
Uh, what would you guys say is your greatest achievement or maybe your most proud moment? I would say my most proud moment was seeing my son born. Uh, it just brought into per- perspective how little I am. What I mean behind that is the intentional design and, and miracle that is behind new life. You know, one of, one of the images that I can't get out of my head is seeing a lifeless baby come out and then with one breath, color and life entered him. And that, that moment I don't think I'll ever forget for the rest of my life because that's how God intentionally created it, you know, and he knew that before that moment even happened. He knew what he was going to look like. And the same thing goes for me. And, and that just blows my mind when I think about it. And so that, that was just a profound moment for me. Hmm. Mike, any thoughts that you have? I have so many, and it's hard to <laughs> to pick them. One that it's not like my greatest, but it's one of my bigger achievements. I was a cross-country and track runner, and I ran into college and did a lot of things. And one of the biggest physical things I've ever done was run a 50-mile mountain race. It took nine hours and 38 minutes of my life. And, uh, Whoa. And there was a lot of pain and agony. <laughs> I'm not signing up for that one. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> wow. But uh, I think when it comes to a physical type thing, that's probably like the best one. Like, yeah, I wish I could have surfed on a surfboard and not bite, you know, bit the sand or dunk a basketball or run a five minute mile. I've never done those things and I've tried. Uh, but that 50 miler crossing that finish line was a big achievement. And mm. it's given me courage to step up against things that are bigger than me and say, hey, if I can do things like this in my life, I can do some of these other things that come at my, you know, come at me. So. I don't know if I could pick a moment either, but I always wanted, I just, I was kind of a dreamer when I was younger. And so I, and I grew up in what I consider to be a smaller town. I grew up in Oshkosh, but I always wanted to just see the world and travel. And I think, I mean, I still have a lot of my life left to go. So I hope, um, so I hope that I get more opportunities to do that, but I always wanted to just take advantage of opportunities that came my way and even though they might seem scary or they weren't what everybody else would consider normal I guess so when I the first time I went outside of the country was when I was 15 and um, I'd studied French and I went and visited France and then I studied there in college too and there were those opportunities were scary then when in college I went by myself I didn't know I knew the people when I actually I didn't know anybody when I was there I was going to an, uh, a college there but and even when I moved, when I moved then to Las Vegas, that was a big step for me because I just left with the suitcases that I had with me and I had finally had the funding that I needed. So that was, it wasn't necessarily my personal achievement because um, God helped me make the right connections um, and provided for me, but um, and a place to live as well when I went out there. But I just am thankful that he's helped me to overcome fear, to take advantage of opportunities he's brought my way. All right, we got more questions here on HopeNet Radio. Remember, you can chat with the live coach anytime at HopeNet360.com. We'll be right back here on HopeNet Radio. If you're going through something tonight, a live coach is waiting to talk to you at HopeNet360.com. This is HopeNet Radio. Feel free to email the show, hope at HopeNet360.com. Now, back to Jeff and Dave. 
Hey, welcome back to HopeNet Radio. Ask me anything. You can message in your questions right now to Hope at HopeNet360.com or jump on the Tweetback. HopeNet360.com slash Tweetback is where it's at. And if you're on Twitter, you can use the hashtag HNRTV. We'll try to do our best to squeeze in your question here on the show. We've got a lot in right now. This is great, guys. I want to ask this question here and see what you think. We can, we talked about our greatest achievement just a little bit ago and what our proud achievement was or maybe our proud moment in life. And and I don't know about you guys. Sometimes it's hard to just you know frame it that way. For me, I look at it as every blessing comes from God. A lot of the greatest achievements that I have that I would consider achievements are Probably a little bit more of what God has done in my life and, and how he has provided. I don't want to take away from that question a whole lot, but I think it's important to get it right. Mike, you had a you had a good one from a student of yours. Were there dinosaurs in the ark? What are you guys thinking? Have you ever thought about that question? I think there were. Baby ones. Why? Yeah? I think there were babies. I think in oh, Job, okay. you know, dinosaurs are mentioned. I think dinosaurs were on the earth, and I think... I, I you know I, I believe there's different things that happen at different times and in methods and before the mm-hmm. flood and after the flood were different. They didn't need to take full adults on that ark. They could have probably, but they didn't. They took probably babies and probably the atmosphere was much different later and it's kinda like um passenger pigeons. They're not around either. I mean there's reasons why things happen. Mm-hmm. Um, but I do think the Bible m- makes it clear that they were around and and I don't see why they wouldn't be um around i don't see any reason to believe that hmm. go into job and read it yourself because it, it, it it's mentioned there They're, they've got some other yeah. name besides dinosaur but you can see yourself yeah Li- leviathan yeah, yeah probably and right. bit mouth or whatever the mammoth uh i think for me uh when i came down to it i asked hey would god just like get rid of something that he created and i told the student hey that's something i believe that god put every uh kind of animal on the ark and if we like read our Bibles and we see that he put every kind. And so, yeah, I believe dinosaurs were on the ark. Uh, I do have a side question. I don't think fish were on the ark. I think God protected them outside, uh, but they swam right along uh, the ark because God cares about nature. He cares about animals. And even more importantly, he cares about us. And so, yeah, I think dinosaurs were on the ark. And that's kind of where I... Uh, take a stand on it saying that God's going to protect everything and he protected all the animals and every kind that were on the ark. (laughs) And I like the baby, the illustration. That's probably where I would hold to baby dinosaurs. You know, there's a lot of stuff we don't know. It doesn't matter. I mean, we don't know how a lot of things happen, but it doesn't mean they didn't happen because we don't know it. We weren't there. So uh, sometimes your guess would be as good as mine. I, I don't know. Well, Jason, this kind of leads into the next question and we kind of talked about it. You know, how do I know, God's will for my life, but have you ever heard God speak to you? This is another question that we got in the, on the tweet back. Have you ever heard God speak to you? Yeah, I think I think that's a phrase that we within the Christian realm we throw around quite a bit. You know, I heard God speak to me, or God, you know, spoke to me, or God told me to do this. You know, and I think that, and I touched on this even as I as I discerned um, talking about how I knew to go to Ireland. You know, God speaks to us. Yes, He does, but I think it's it, it's in different ways. He speaks to us through Scripture. So as we as we immerse ourselves in scripture he speaks to us through that you know and he and he and he directs us through that you know God always 
also speaks to us through other people, you know, that are, that are doing the same thing. And I kind of hinted on that too. Like I've, you know, mentors in my life, people that are older than me that are, you know, growing in their walk with God, but have experienced life a little bit more and have a little bit more life lessons and wisdom that they've learned in their walk with God. And so then it's comparing, all right, if, if I, if I believe that God is leading me in a direction, you know, it'll be very clear, not only as I read scripture, but even in, as I, as I share that with other people in my life that are doing the same thing, there shouldn't be any red flags that go up. Um, and I think that's how, at least, at least in, in my context, that's how God speaks to us. Now, is, does that mean that God, uh, in terms of an audible sense, uh, speak? You know, in, in my life that hasn't happened, but I, I've heard stories even, you know, um, of different witch doctors in, in the jungle where that, that was more evident, you know, and we see that even in Scripture. Um, but I think it, it, it kind of depends on our culture. You know, our culture is one where we're so surrounded by busyness and, and noise that when it comes to God speaking to us, it, it's sometimes quieting ourselves so that we can hear God's voice through those different means. I don't know if that makes sense. Dave, do you have thoughts? Yeah, on that? you know what? I, I think as I think, I, I've never heard God's voice. And I, I think if you go through the New Testament, you have to be one that's careful about trying to seek and experience because uh, through life, like uh, the, the magicians and Moses' time would throw down the little rods and they became snakes just like Moses' did. And Satan is a great mimicker. If somebody comes to me and says, you know what, God spoke to me and said I need to love my neighbor, I'd go, right on. You know I mean? I can verify that with the Bible. And if somebody comes to me and says that God spoke to him, the the only way that I can counsel them is, is this consistent with what God's Word says? If so, then I'm not getting in the way. I'm not saying he spoke to you or didn't speak to you because it's consistent with what God's Word says. And and when we get outside of God's Word, that's where I get nervous. When we start adding to God's Word or subtracting from God's Word or, or getting some extra biblical revelation, I think we got trouble at that point. So I don't think God would ever tell me to buy a pizza. I, I mean, I just don't think he would do that. Uh, because and, and I wouldn't even tell anybody that, yeah, probably God did or whatever because I can't verify that at all. Uh, so to me, in the later times, I think God spoke to us, speaks to us now through Christ and through the scriptures and, uh, and the Holy Spirit, who really is this very quiet communicator. And, uh, and it's clear that we need to have our ears open and be listening. But if we're not in God's word, I don't think we're going to hear correctly because God's word gives us the ultimate way to check what we're hearing as if that's from God or not. Yeah. And I think there's a, I might not even be using the the right terms, but I think there's the prophetic word and then the revealed word when it comes to God's given us his written word. But then there are some that said, well, God told me to do this and it's not really covered in the Bible. Well, that may or may not be true. I mean, it's, you have to look at it still through the eyes, through the lens of scripture. And if there isn't a a concise, maybe example of what you're trying to to wrestle with or decision that you're making, uh, maybe you just need to actually engage more wise counsel instead of just saying yes and doing that or going out in faith and, and maybe becoming that. I don't know what the situation is that you're facing, but God has spoken to us in his word. He's given us everything to teach and to instruct us and to show us the right way. It's easy to say, well, it's not in the Bible. We we haven't heard about this. You know, maybe it's just, maybe this is the new Christianity. Well, not necessarily. You can't contradict God's word. He's not going to lie. He's not going to say one thing and then do another, or tell you something else different that contradicts what he's already revealed to us. Uh, I think in the situation, one real example that comes to mind in this is that there seems to be, and this might be a little bit deeper of a conversation, but you remember Daniel in the Old Testament oh, yeah. and how, uh, I don't know if he heard God tell him not to bow down to this this idol that was set up, 
but he knew enough to not bow down. And so essentially it kind of gave us this model for civil disobedience. And there are right. some people today that are, you know, they're, they're concerned about standing up for their rights and, and, uh, you know, gun rights or whatever it is, whatever you want to talk about, but standing up for what's, what is right, uh, in doing Daniel had to use some intuition there to not bow down, not give in to the laws uh, right. that were set up, you know, to, to mandate what you should do as it pertained to worship. And sometimes those can be interesting situations to kind of wade through. Well, should I do this? Should I not do this? You know, it's contradicting what the law says to do, but yet this is what I think God says to do. So yeah. sometimes it takes a little bit more discernment, Dave. And, and I think that's that's exactly what happened. If you look in the beginning of Daniel, and I encourage our listeners to go look at it, it, it said for Daniel and Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, they resolved in their heart. That means they decided that they were not going to do evil. That That's what they decided. That's why they didn't eat that food. And then later, see, there's the general principles that we all know are from the scriptures. You are not to bow or give worship to an object, to anyone but God. Mm-hmm. Well, they knew that. So that was God's will not to bow. I mean, that that's the way it was. For Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, for, for Daniel to pray, I mean, it was God's will for that to happen. Mm-hmm. And they could say, I don't know, God told me this, and I would say, yeah, he did. And his word, that that's affirmed. I don't know. You know, I don't know if there's a voice or anything. I, I don't think so, but it wouldn't be against what God said. You have to remember, too, that Satan loves to disguise himself as an angel of light, which means that he's not beyond using God's word partially and saying things that would confuse us. And it's important that we uh, we really know what the scriptures say. We keep it in context so that we're protected from some of the evil schemes of the devil. Chat with the life coach right now if you're going through a difficult time in life and maybe you've got more questions to ask about what it means to have a relationship with God. Right now there's a live coach waiting to chat with you at hopenet360.com. You can also send us your questions on the Ask Me Anything episode. Just use the hashtag HNRTB on Twitter or email us at hope at hopenet360.com. We'll be back to wrap up the show on HopeNet Radio. Love HopeNet Radio? Stay in contact all week long at hopenet360.com. This is Hope Net Radio. Connect with us on Facebook and Twitter. Hashtag HNR. Now, back to Jeff and Dave. Every show on demand at hopenet360.com slash radio. Check out tonight's show notes. Some questions that we didn't get to answer on the show. We're posting some of our answers and some of the tweetable moments there as well at hopenet360.com. You can also subscribe to the podcast to Hope Net Radio on iTunes and the TuneIn Radio app if you have that on your Android phone. Uh, you can subscribe there and get all of our past episodes as well. Love to hear from you guys tonight on the tweet back. Use the hashtag HNRTB if you do have a question. We will be doing another Ask Me Anything show coming up in the future. So we'll save your question for another show. But we're glad that you've joined us here tonight. Guys, as we're wrapping things up, Tara, Jason, Mike, love to hear from you guys. Some of your final thoughts. We've talked about a lot. We covered a lot of ground here on the show. Anything that you guys want to say or add to some of the conversation we've had? I think two things. Uh, when we talk about calling from God, I was thinking on my life, what I was responsible, kind of what Dave was talking about. I'm responsible to be a godly husband. Hopefully, eventually down the road, I'll be responsible to be a godly father. Those are things that are in my life that I know my call is to be godly in my family. And so for me, wherever your responsibility is, that's part of your calling is to follow God, love people, love others, and, you know, love your, your spouse, love your family. Uh, for teenagers, it's to love your, your parents, your siblings, to get along. The guy tells us in his word, you know, 
to do that, you know, children obey your parents, even, even if you don't understand them. I tell that to my teenagers all the time. And then lastly, when we're talking about God speaking, yeah, in the Old Testament, if we're to look, you know, God speaks so many different ways that just are crazy. Uh, he speaks through a burning bush. He speaks through a talking donkey. Um, for us, is that going to happen in my life? I doubt very much that will ever happen, but God speaks to me through his word. Uh, and he also speaks through some of my Christian friends. Uh, I know that was something that hadn't been mentioned, but that's something that's always been uh, a big factor in my life where I have a good Christian brother or sister who comes along and speaks life into me. They see something that I need to work on or they see something in my life. And, and it's basically I, sometimes hurts, but then I look back and I'm really like, man, God used them in my life. Mm. Uh, and I needed that. And so, yeah, God speaks through prayer and he speaks through Bible reading, but he also speaks through uh, Christian brothers and sisters that you have alongside you. Yeah. Tara, what are some things that our young girls need to hear? I really just, well, anybody in general, I like the nature of the show a lot that we're doing questions because sometimes you can feel like, well, if I ask these questions and that means I'm questioning my faith or I'm questioning God. And I think that's, it's okay that you need to know that it's okay to ask questions and it's important to ask questions because you can get stuck in your head then if you don't. And it shows that you're really seeking and searching the truth to ask these questions rather than just to make assumptions or maybe just be caught up in what you thought you knew. And just to make sure that you are continuously growing, too. It's a great way to grow. So I just really think it fits with the nature of the show, Conversation Save Lives. It's about having being able to feel comfortable to ask those questions. And I just, if anybody has specific questions, even like personally, especially for any of the girls, they can always feel free. If they didn't want to ask it, they can always feel free to email me and ask me as well. It's encouraging just hearing some of these questions coming out from our listeners. Uh, one of the things that, that I always love uh, from young people, especially as I work with young people, is just their, their realness and their honesty. Um, we do a Q&A time a lot of times over summer, and we get a lot of these same questions. And I think questions are good, especially as you read Scripture. You know, ask, ask these questions and then dive down deep into Scripture and, and see if you can see what God says about them. You know, and that's kind of what keeps it fresh. And to me, it's almost like a, a hunt you know, to say, all right, all right, God, here's a question that I have. What does your word say about it? And then I just go on the search for it. Um, so for those of you out there that do have questions and you haven't found the answer yet, don't give up. You know, what? if you need to, you know, ask us, you know, tweet it out there. Otherwise, just go to God's word and see if you can find it. If you want to know what that looks like, you know, maybe reach out to us and we can kind of hook you up with some, maybe some Bible study tools and that sort of stuff to help you dive into deep, deep into scripture. Because as Dave and all of us and Jeff and, and Tara Kay and, and Mike sit here and talk about this stuff, the reason that we know what we know is, isn't because it was just like, imparted to us. We learned it from scripture and you guys can too. And so I just want to encourage you guys to go out there and read scripture so that you can know these answers too, rather than taking our word for it. Yeah. You know, in Philippians 4, 8, it says, finally, brothers, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is commendable. If there's any excellence, if there's anything worthy of praise, think about these things and what you have learned and received and heard and seen in me. Practice these things, and the God of peace will be with you. It's important that you know the truth and that you see individuals that are older than you in the faith actually living out the truth. And when you know the truth and you get it confirmed by those who also know it and live it, 
the God of peace will be with you. And you will know that because that's the fruit or the byproduct. Don't forget, anytime you need to, you can chat with the live coach about things going on in your life. Maybe you need to have a deeper conversation than just one question or a couple of questions. Have a conversation right now. Live coaches are available to chat about whatever's going on in your life and maybe ask some difficult questions, maybe help you phrase to a better question. I think a lot of times we do ask the wrong questions in life. We get hung up on the wrong issues, and that's what live coaches are there for. We'd also love to hear from you. If you have a question that you'd like us to cover on an upcoming show, email us at hope at hopenet360.com or jump on the tweet back right now. Use the hashtag HNRTV on Twitter. I know I say that enough, but if it makes it easier for you, just go to hopenet360.com slash tweet back. And not only there, you can find all of our podcasts. You can find some links, some things that we post here on the show and you can also subscribe to the podcast on itunes and tune in radio if you missed that earlier in the show go back listen to it share it with your friends we love for you guys to be a part of this hope net and thank you guys so much for making hope net radio what it is thanks for all your questions and your feedback and your input we would always love to hear from you anytime day or night visit hopenet360.com for dw for jason for tara and mike i'm jeff saying so long we'll see you guys online and next week so long see ya Thank you.